morning to the second chapter of the book of Acts. Monday night, in a tremendous way, Brother Stacy began the meeting. I know you began on Sunday night, Brother Matthew, our missionary brother. But as far as the nights of this week, Brother Stacy began on Monday night with a tremendous message. Uh, no doubt that's why all of hell was fighting against it on uh, the feeling of the Holy Ghost. And in that very moment, uh, the Lord settled in my heart uh, to turn to this text tonight and bookend, bookend. We're going to end tonight, in essence, looking at that which we began looking at on Monday night. And here in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2, I'm going to put in here verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and smoke of vapor, vapor of smoke that is. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great day, that notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the Lord will honor the reading of his word this good night. Now I've read in your hearing tonight Peter's explanation of that which has just occurred here on the day of Pentecost. And I want to remind you tonight we are still living, we are still living in that day. Verse 1 of the chapter and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The next day has yet to dawn. The day has yet to set on the day of Pentecost. Therefore, you and I don't need another Pentecost tonight, but what you and I do need tonight is the experience of Pentecost and the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost that is poured out and manifested here on the day of Pentecost. I'm talking about a real, real experience tonight. Notice we read in the text, these are not drunken as ye suppose. It doesn't say that they weren't drunk. They were drunk. Oh, yes, they were drunk but not just in the way everybody thought. 
that they were drunk. They were drunk on the Holy Ghost. They had been filled and consumed with the power and the presence of God. And I'm here to tell you tonight, in this day still, in this day still, we must have the power, the presence, the feeling, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on our hearts and upon our lives. Oh my. Now some say when our Pentecost has happened and, and the Holy Ghost has come and, and the Holy Ghost and all that the Holy Ghost that we have available, we get all that when we get saved and all that. The only problem with that is it just doesn't match up with the book tonight. Now I used to say, I used to say that most Baptists, they would operate as if though they had never been a Pentecost. And I used to say that I suppose we don't deny the, the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I'd say for sure, probably no doubt, no one here tonight would stand up and say, I deny Pentecost. I deny the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. And I used to say that the work, we do what's worse, that is, we just simply ignore. We simply ignore the Holy Ghost. But I remind you, the book of Proverbs says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I don't believe it's doing harm to Scripture and to then say it this way. The fool has said in his heart, there is no Holy Ghost. The fool has said in his heart, there is no presence and power and feeling of the Holy Ghost of God. But there is a bigger fool, I'd say to you. There is a bigger fool tonight. It's the person that says, oh, yes, there is a Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, there's been a Pentecost. Yet then they act like there has not been one in their heart and in their life. I want to use tonight, I want to use tonight specifically from verse 16. I want to use it as a title, but I want to use it as the desire of my heart tonight. Peter again says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I will preach for a few moments tonight on I want that. I want that. Now, here's the question that's, that, that's legitimate and worth answering and worth considering tonight. That's what we're going to do tonight. What is, what is this that that Peter was declaring has taken place? And what is this that that I'm saying you tonight, we sure enough must have, we must have this, that, uh, that we find spoken of here in Acts chapter 2. I want that tonight. Say, what do you mean, preacher? I mean by this tonight, I want the presence and the manifested presence of the Holy Ghost of God. That's what this, that is. It's the manifested presence of the Lord God Almighty himself. Now remember, Jesus, Jesus has already pronounced them clean back uh, uh, there uh, before the cross. At least partially they were clean. Judas was not. But remember back in John 13, and Jesus repeats it in John 15, uh, that, you, that you're clean, yet not all. Uh, because of Judas's presence. And then remember, Brother Stacy preached it so well Monday night that after the resurrection, Christ said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, and he breathed, and he breathed on them. So prior to Pentecost, prior to Pentecost, Stephen, they believed, they were saved, 
They were given the Holy Ghost. That was something inward. That was something that took place on the inside that the human eye and the human ear could not hear and the eye could not see. That took place prior. That was inward. But here in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, it's not inward, it's outward. On the day of Pentecost, God does something that the eye can see and the ear can hear. It's the outpouring of the Holy Ghost of God. It's the presence. It's the presence of the Holy Ghost on my coming on the scene. And I'm here to tell you tonight, we must have that tonight. I'm here to tell you tonight, I want that tonight. I hope, pray you can say amen, preacher. I want that as well. The presence, the presence, and the consuming presence, the consuming presence of the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to notice, we read there it said in verse 17 that I will pour out. He's quoting and he's expanding on what Joel has said, what Joel promised, but what they've experienced. He said, I will pour out. That word pour out refers something far beyond a sprinkle. Now, up until this night, up until this Friday night, we've had a pouring out, a rain outside. I mean, it's just not sprinkled these lights several, several, several nights, no. As we say in the mountains, uh, it's been a gully washer. That's what's taking place here. That's what took place on the damn pinner. God just didn't sprinkle a little Holy Ghost on them. No, God opened the windows of heaven and poured out, oh my, pouring forth abundantly the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I want that. I want that. And every preacher ought to say, I want that. Every mom, every daddy tonight ought to say, I want that. I need that tonight the presence of the Holy Ghost and there's no mistaking when he comes when there's an outpouring when there's an outpouring and a pouring forth there's no mistaking did anybody wonder whether or not it was raining last night if you were here you knew it was evident it was manifested that there was a downpour last night. I will tell you that's exactly how it is with the presence of the Holy Ghost of God when God pours out, when God fills on my, and notice it says that the house, back up in verse two of the chapter, that the house is filled. I mean, God fills the house in verse two. It filled all the house where they were gathered. How about down in verse four? They were filled. The house is filled. Verse 2, they are filled in verse 4. And then down in verse 6, even those that were not filled are wanting to know what in the world is that that's going on. What in the world is God up to? God help us to so desire that. God help us to say, I want that so that God pours himself out and manifests himself in such a way that all would want to know what's God up to over at Broad River. God, help us to so hunger after God and thirst after God. If somebody passes by in a car, they'll have to turn around at the crossroads and come back and say, did I really see what I thought I saw? Oh, man. I want that tonight. The presence, the presence of the Holy Ghost of God. We need a move of God that cannot be explained. That's what's taking place in this chapter. 
there came, there suddenly came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind. They couldn't explain it. Okay, that's exactly, we need that tonight. We need that tonight. Because I'm afraid the truth is, just about everything we do in our services can be explained. I want to tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes around in the right way, oh my, it's beyond explanation tonight. Oh my, now, now in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament they had a, they had a picture of it, they had a foretaste of it. In the Old Testament, I suppose we could say there's the, there's the, clo- the clothing presence of the Holy Ghost. God comes upon them. God came upon Moses. God, God came upon Gideon. God came upon Samson there like an apparel, like a garment, the coming on, the coming on, the, clo- the clothing presence of God. But I want to tell you here in Acts chapter 2, it's not a clothing presence, no, no, no. It's not that God is merely coming on, no, no. It's the consuming presence of God. God shows up to take over. And in this day, are you listening? In this day that we find ourselves in, if the Holy Ghost shows up, he always shows up to take over. Which is why he often does not show up. Because he only shows up to take over. And if you refuse to let him take over, make a note, he's not going to show up in my life, in my home, in my heart, in my, in my church. Oh my. I want that tonight. The manifested consuming presence. I must have that tonight. Oh my. But then uh, secondly, let me say, When we say here, I want that, I'm not just talking about the presence of the Spirit. I'm talking about the power of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, we all know, we all know, we all know the Great Commission there from Matthew 28 to go into all the world. Well, I remind you here in Acts chapter 1, prior to the day of Pentecost coming, here's, here's, here's the Acts rendition, here's the Acts version of the great commission that our Lord gives. He says in chapter 1 verse 8, but ye shall receive power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come. Oh my, and uh, I'm not being, I'm not being critical tonight. God help me not to be critical. My wife sometimes corrects me and informs me that I sometimes am, but I don't want to be. At least not sometimes, I should confess there since I'm preaching. But I've sometimes heard preachers get up and say, well now, this is the, uh, this is the dynamis, this is the dynamite power of God. No, no, no. See, dynamite just blows stuff up and moves things around and leaves a mess when it's done. No, this is the, Dynamo power of God. This is the abiding. This is the abiding power of God. This is God coming and setting things right. This is God coming and moving things out of the way and bringing with him that which a people need. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I must have that. I want that, the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost of God. Oh, my. 
Oh my, he says you'll be endued with power from on high. You'll receive power, oh my, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now you know the text here in Acts 2. The power is symbolized, the power is manifested in two key ways. It's manifested in verse 2 with the wind. It's manifested in verse 3 with the fire. Wind and fire are the manifested symbols of the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon the person. You say, preacher, I thought it was tongues. You thought wrong. You thought wrong. In fact, there's 17 different languages that are manifested on the day of Pentecost. I believe in this, in this second chapter. Notice the text says, there tongues like as of a fire, as of a fire. But both the wind and the fire together here are pointing us and are symbolic there of not just the presence but the power of the Holy Ghost of God. It's no accident tonight that both in the Old Testament and the New Testament in the language of the Bible, Hebrew and Greek, if you want to get technical, uh, the word for wind and the word for spirit are the same exact words on my here. God sends power. God pours out power on the day of Pentecost and I'm here to tell you we must have that tonight I want that tonight the power of the spirit of God oh my our brother our brother began quoting there Genesis Genesis chapter 1 oh my the breath of God the spirit of God in power brooded over brooded over brooded over there and brought forth this world oh my in Genesis 2 God breathed into them the breath of life. That's the power of God. Jesus brings up the wind to Nicodemus for a reason. It takes the power of the Holy Ghost. It takes the movement of the Holy Ghost, oh my, for a dead soul to be brought to life. In fact, I can illustrate it. I thought this today. I can illustrate this good tonight. Hey! Y'all wake up over there. Hey, come on over here. Come on, come on, get up. Wake up. Come on down. Come on down. You say, you're a fool, preacher. You're talking to dead graves, that which is dead. That's exactly what you and I do towards those that are lost. Unless the Holy Ghost comes, unless the Holy Ghost breathes, unless the Holy Ghost draws, they'll stay in the ground, they'll stay dead. And some of you mamas and daddies ought to get a hold of that tonight. Instead of the devil beating your brains out, you need to remember tonight, unless the Holy Ghost speaks to them, they'll stay lost. But when the Holy Ghost comes, when the Holy Ghost brings all my life, life, life comes forth. I can't speak for you, but I need that. I want that, the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost of God tonight. Oh my this is that, this is that which took place. This is that which Peter speaks of. And of course, you know, you know, you know, you know fire. Uh, the picture of the presence of God is fire here. 
And uh, fire brings light, you know that, fire brings warmth. And in this cold, cold world where folks are dead, lost in sin, they need for you and I to be filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost of God that God might point to them and God might draw them to the cross and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want that tonight. Every church ought to want that tonight. It's the presence of the Spirit, the presence of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. But look here. It's the participation of the saints. It's the participation of the saints. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room is filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost of God. It's not just that 115 got it. It's not just 119 got it. It's 120 in the room we know, oh am I? I want you to know everybody there was filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Everybody in that room, and by the way, it was just an ordinary room. It wasn't the temple. It wasn't a palace. It is an ordinary room. And don't let you don't you let the devil sit there and tell you not, well. You're too ordinary. God, 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 God can't do that for you. God can't pour himself out for you. God can't do for you what he did back there in the days of Peter. That, 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 that's for them or that's for somebody else. No, this crowd, ordinary, ordinary men and women, the Holy Ghost fell and the power of God came upon them. I made a report to you tonight. I want that. I made a report to you tonight. I must have that. In fact, that's what they're waiting on but it's not just that they're in that room waiting on that they're in that room wanting that wanting that now we know the day of Pentecost they were all in one accord in one place that, that's unity and that, that's so and that's, that's agreement and they're of one mind and they're of one accord. Every, every bit of that's so. I believe every bit of that. But I want to tell you it's not just agreement. It's not just being in one accord. Could have said this way, they've got one appetite. They want one thing. They want the Holy Ghost. They want that which Christ promised. They want the power of the Holy Ghost. They want the feeling of the Holy Ghost. They've got a hunger. They've got a hunger. That's why they huddled up for those days. Uh, uh, they're in that upper room waiting and watching and longing for the Holy Ghost of God. God, help us tonight to so want, to so want, to so want the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost that you and I are willing to wait and we're willing to hunger for the power of the Holy Ghost of God. And oh my, this is real simple tonight. This is real simple tonight. Everybody in the room that was waiting, and that was everybody, everybody that was waiting, everybody that was wanting that, got that. Everybody wanting got that. Everybody wanting the power. Everybody wanting the presence of the Holy Ghost of God. They huddled in that room. They were right with each other. They were right with God. God poured out his power in a mighty, 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 mighty way there. Oh my. In fact, I just happen to believe 
I just happen to believe that they must have been, they must have been some young people, some young people maybe up in that upper room there that they, they, they were no doubt brought. They were said, honey, we got to, we, we, we got to get before the Lord. We got to wait before the Lord. He's got something for us that'll help you live and help you face life. And God, God help us that have been saved and many of us saved for years. God help us to be telling our youngest and those coming around. I want my grand young sitting here on the second row. I wasn't raised around this. I didn't know anything about the presence or the power of the Holy Ghost, but I want them to see and I want them to get it. That's what I want tonight, oh my. The presence, the power of the Holy Ghost of God and for God's people to get in on it tonight. I want that. Somebody said, somebody said, this is the one and only time and the last time there's 100% participation in any church on anything. They were all wanting the Holy Ghost tonight. Right quick, there's something else that this, that, that this, that is. It is the praise of the Savior. The praise of the Savior. Now Peter, under the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, reaches back, grabs hold of that which Joel declared and declared it unto them and thereby declares it unto us this night. Now I don't know I don't know everything there is to know about Joel's visions and the visions that he mentions here in verse 17. I can't explain everything about the dreams. I can't explain everything about these signs that, that, are, that, are, that are mentioned. But uh, I can say something about this word prophesy. This word prophesy. And that is key because Joel said, I will pour out in those days, which becomes the day of Pentecost, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I can tell you tonight that in this text, in this text and in this context, that is not preaching. Oh, I like it when it gets quiet. That means you're having to listen. Now, it is true. Often, and I will be quick to say most often, the word prophesy in the word of God, in prophecy, in the word of God. Yes, it does refer to preaching. It, it is a reference to that foretelling, telling of something, telling, a, telling of something that's happening right here and now. But it's a word of foretelling that which will take place in the future. It's a prophetic word. And often that is how that word is used. It is not used that way on this occasion. And one of the reasons we know that is because God never has and God never will call a woman to preach or my or to prophesy as the way he does a God called man of God. But we can lay that aside. On occasion, 
the word prophesy does not refer to preaching or a prophetic utterance. On on many occasions it refers to that, absolutely. It refers to a word of revelation, a word of revelation. But listen tonight, on some occasions it refers to a word of rejoicing. A word of rejoicing. And you notice the context tonight, and context is key. In real estate, it's location, location, location. In preaching, it's context, it's context, in context. What is the context of what's taking place? What is the context of the Holy Ghost coming and the Holy Ghost moving? They're magnifying Christ. They're praising the name of the Lord. They're all prophesying unto the Lord God Almighty. You say, preacher, I still don't get it. Maybe this will help you get it. In 1 Chronicles chapter 25, 1 Chronicles chapter 25, they have a tremendous service. David's ordered captains of the host and given them assignments. And it says, for instance, of Jedatham, who should prophesy with hearts. Right there it is. See, some of you thought I was making this up a while ago shall prophesy with harps, with psalteries, with cymbals. The word doesn't have anything to do right there with preaching. It's got everything to do right here with praising God and magnifying God. Let's go down two more verses. Again, Jetham, who prophesied with a heart to give thanks and to praise the Lord. You can mark this down tonight. The power and the presence of the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. Everybody there was filled. Everybody there didn't preach, but everybody there that was filled praised the name of God. They rejoiced. They magnified the Lord God Almighty. And I'm here to tell you that we need that. We must have that for God's people in a way that's not been done in a long time to so be overcome and filled with the Holy Ghost of God that everybody is praising the name of God. No, no, everybody, everybody did not Preach, but everybody there filled, praise the name of God, which is one of the reasons the tongues are used, which is one of the reasons it says back up there in verse 11, the Cretes and the Arabians, we do hear them speak. Listen, listen. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. That's what this that is. What? What's that that? What's that 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 took place? The praising of God. The praising of the God. And I'm going to tell you tonight, from that day forth, until this day, God intends one of the things that marks his church and marks his people is the praising of his son's name. That's what took place on the day of Pentecost being filled with the Holy Ghost will result in you praising and magnifying the Lord God Almighty. You'll be excited about him. You'll, both, you'll want to be more with him. You'll want to fellowship with him in a way you've not done before or maybe in a long time. I can illustrate it. Years ago, 
from an illustration years ago by a Puritan Thomas, Thomas Goodwin. He said, picture a daddy and his little boy. Picture a daddy and his little boy holding, holding hands, going down, going, 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 down, going down to the street. And you know how sometimes it is when you're holding your son's hand or your grandson's hand or, or your daughter's hand, whatever. You know they sometimes want to play with a stick or they want to stomp a bug or, or they're interested in a bird or, or something. And some, sometimes, sometimes as you're walking down the road, side of the road, I mean, you've got to hold them because a the car might come, but they're wanting to turn loose and they're wanting to get loose and all that. And Goodman said, just imagine walking down the road with your father that way. You're wanting to pull away. You're, you're trying to pull away. You, you're busy doing this and that. And just all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, your daddy stops and picks you up in his arms and goes to loving on you and goes to kissing on you and telling you how much he loves you and telling you how much he cares about you and oh my, that he loves you more than anything. He said, then you set that boy, that daughter back down and you grab hands and you walk a little bit further, but there's a mighty big difference now. Instead of, instead of, the, instead of them wanting to pull away, instead of them wanting to get away, oh my, like my grandson said this afternoon when we went to the mailbox, he said, hold my hand tight, Papa, hold my hand tight. I'm going to tell you when the Holy Ghost pours himself out. Oh my, we'll desire to be held tight. We'll desire to walk closer with the Lord. That's what this that is. That's what this that is. It's the praise of the Savior. It's the longing for the Savior. Oh my. It's not just a, it's not just a common experience. No, it's a consuming experience. It's a consuming experience. I close with this. There's another aspect of this that that we must have that I want tonight. I pray you do tonight. This that also involves the pricking and the pulling of sinners. The pricking and the pulling of sinners. As a result of the Holy Ghost coming, as a result of the Holy Ghost pouring himself out, as a result of his presence, as a result of his power, as a result of God consuming and overtaking and taking charge, oh my, as a result of their praise, oh my, sinners that don't even know what's going on go to wondering what in the world's going on over, over there. Now, don't miss this. As a result, as a result of what they heard and as a result of what they saw, here it is in verse 6, many came. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. And they didn't have to do a mail out. They didn't have to do any advertisement. No. As a result of the Holy Ghost coming, as a result of the Holy Ghost taking charge, as a result of the Holy Ghost filling them, those that were outside, those that knew not the Lord, they were drawn. They were pulled there. The multitude came together. 
and were confounded. I don't tell you that's exactly what lost people need. They need to get confounded. They need to be confronted with the power of God that is so real that, oh my, they have no explanation for it. But that's not just all that's involved here. Look here in the, look here in the, 30, the 37th verse. It says, now when they heard this, when they heard this preaching about that, when they heard that, when they heard this about that, not good English, but good Bible. When they heard this, what does it say? They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? When the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost come, when God's people get full of God and begin to praise and magnify God and the man of God preaches the word of God on the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God. Oh my, the Holy Ghost knows who to blow on. The Holy Ghost knows who to draw in. The Holy Ghost knows, knows who to bring in. And the Holy Ghost knows whose heart to prick. I want to tell you tonight, we need that. Because all this other stuff is not Getting it done. Miss Kim, y'all come and get ready to sing. I want you to note two last things and I'm done. This, that. This, that. That I've been trying to magnify and preach on. This, that. That Peter points to, that Peter magnifies. This, that is for us. Is for us. Here it is in verse 39. For the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are afar off. That's how come I'm a preaching tonight. That's how come I'm underneath this tabernacle tonight. That's how come I'm a sweating tonight. Oh my, this promise is mine and was mine and brought me to the place. I called on the Lord and knew him in the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you tonight, this, that is for you. But if that's not enough to convince you, here's what the Lord says in Luke 11. If ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I don't tell you not, it'd be all right to say, I want that. Can I have that? Can I have some more of that? I need some more of that, God. I must have that. I must have that. And I want to tell you, until you and I think we can get by without that, he'll let us. But it doesn't have to be that way. We're standing tonight. They're singing. You mind the Holy Ghost tonight. If he's pricked your heart, he's pulling on you. He's calling you to do something. Get at it.